Our scripture passage for this morning is Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I suspect that many of you have seen the YouTube video that's titled Battle at Kruger Park. It's a video that's taken on safari. And as the safari travels, they spot two water buffalo walking along the water with their young calf. Then from all of, all of the sudden, a lion pounces from out of the grass onto the calf. And the den of lions emerge and they drag the young calf down to the water away from the parents. Well, there at the water, the lions begin to tug on the calf. And the voice behind the camera says, surely that calf is dead. Surely that calf is gone. When all of a sudden a crocodile emerges in the water and begins to fight the lions for the calf. Then another crocodile emerges and the battle ensues. Well, the lions win and they drag the calf up the bank to dry land. And then the voice behind the camera says, whoa, do you see that? And the camera pans out and a herd of water buffalo has emerged, hundreds of them coming back for the calf. And one at a time, the herd of water buffalo pick off the lions, even one of them throwing a lion, tossing a lion in the air. And the calf stands up, still alive, and walks into the herd. It is good to be a part of a herd. And I believe that the Bible wants us to consider the herd that we run with. Our scripture passage for this morning begins with, Hear, O Israel, or in Hebrew, it's Shema Israel. And as you know, Hebrew is a very word-poor language. So we translate Shema in this particular place in the Bible as hear or listen. But at other places in the Older Testament, it's translated as obey. Or even carefully obey or faithfully obey and listen. And as a mom, I kind of like the depth of the word Shema. Because I don't know about you, but many times my mother said to me, and I in turn say to my children when I'm telling them something important, Do you hear me? (laughs) That's Shema. Pay close attention. Listen to this. This is important. And then the word immediately following Shema is the addressee, who this message is addressed to, Israel. Well, what's important to me is who's not addressed in this passage. This passage does not say, listen up specifically you, Moses, or pay close attention here, O house of Aaron. But no, this message is for everyone who's a part of the herd coming out of Egypt, traveling on to the promised land. It's for Israel. And when I hear the name Israel, I immediately go to chapter 32 of Genesis. 
The first time that we hear the name Israel, it's Jacob who is struggling all night with God, wrestling all night with God. And at the end of that wrestling match, Jacob's name is changed to Israel. And so Israel becomes a sort of nickname. It means sport or slugger. My seven-year-old most mornings has me turn on Sports Center before school. So I'm going to give you the Sports Center version of our verse for the day. The Sports Center version of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 is, Listen up, team. Stay in the fight. Listen up, team. Stay in the fight. That's Israel. And it's not unusual in the Bible for God to address God's faithful people as Israel. So I have one of those Bible apps where I can count how many times a word appears in the Bible. And my Bible app says that over 2,300 times the name Israel appears in the Bible. This is how God addresses the faithful people. And it's important to God that we stick together as a community. It's not only... It not only occurs in the Old Testament, but it occurs in the New Testament as well. And then the New Testament teachers and writers expand on that, that theme of a two, two people standing together being strong, but a three-stranded cord being even stronger, being unbreakable. You know, as Jesus was teaching his disciples, he said to them, You are like branches on one vine. And as Paul wrote to the churches many times, he would say, you are many members of one body. And most of the New Testament books of the Bible are written as letters, not to one person, although a few of them are, but to a community, to a group of people. It's important. It's significant that we hang out in this herd. Several years ago, I did a funeral that will remain in my memory because I saw many things for the first time at this funeral. It was a funeral for an infant. And um, this baby was not sick. This baby was not expected to die. So some of the things that I saw that I had never seen before, I saw a very small casket. I saw the body in a baptismal gown. And I saw... Parents who were grieving for their child, and that's the wrong order of things, <laughs> instead of the children grieving for the parents. But the thing that was most important to me during that service was what happened as we began the service. It was a graveside service, and the parents of the infant sat in the front row, and then there was a sibling, one sibling of this infant. And he was about 10 years old, and he sat right behind his parents. Well, as we started the service, he couldn't take it, and he got up and left. And either the parents didn't physically see him, or they couldn't emotionally take that in because they didn't budge. But within a millisecond, two ants got up, they put their arms around him, and they took him where he needed to go. You know, I left that service Recognizing that my role as auntie is not superfluous. (laughs) It's not just to give good gifts. But my role as aunt can be and is many times very important, very significant. 
Now, you need to know that nowhere in the Bible does it suggest that our role as auntie or uncle is limited to those that we're related to by blood. While it is important that we serve those people we're related to by blood and we honor them, it is also true that often they have the ability to uh, disturb our priorities. Three of the four Gospels tell us that Jesus was uh, teaching his disciples when his mother and his brothers arrived uh, to see him. One of the Gospels says that they believed that he was insane, and that's why they were coming to see him. Well, Jesus then turns to his disciples in response, and he says, "This, This is my mother, and these are my brothers and sisters. Those who hear the word of God and do the will of God. These are my brothers and sisters. This is my family. My sister and I were looking through an old photo album this last week. It was from the year 1987-1988. I would have been 18 at the time. So one of the things that I noticed as I was going through pictures of that year is that my mother looked terrible. That's unusual for my mother. She really is a very beautiful, joyful woman. And I didn't notice it when I was 18, but she looked bad that year. So I called her and I asked her about it. Mom, what was going on this year? And she said, oh, that was a terrible year. One of the worst. You know, obviously, Dinah, that was the year you graduated from high school, my oldest child leaving home. That was also the year that we moved from our home, a town where we had lived for more than 15 years, to a completely new place. And you will probably also remember that your brother was very sick that year. And he had several, there were several times where he stayed in the hospital. And and we even wondered for a good length of time whether or not he had cancer. That was a rough year. Well, as I flipped through the pictures, my parents really didn't look very good. But I noticed that Jan and Jack Reed looked great. And Jan and Jack Reed were members of our church community, the community where I grew up. Sometimes we traveled with Jan and Jack, and we did that year. And so there were a few pictures of the Smith children with Jan while we were traveling. There were pictures of Jack beaming in the background of my brother's Eagle Scout Award. And there were pictures of uh, Jan at a baby shower. It was a year when she had a... A new baby girl, and so in this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad year for the Smith family, we had cause to celebrate. Our good, very good friends had a baby girl. But I noticed that there were no pictures of Jan and Jack at my brother's bedside in the hospital. And then I remembered. (laughs) He was in the hospital in Temple. We lived in Midland. Jan and Jack stayed behind. So that my sister and I could stay in school. My mother, my brothers and sisters, are those who hear the will of God and they do the will of God. Now, I believe that it's important and significant that we are a part of a faithful community because it is our safety net. And many times we need one another. But I also believe that it is important that we are a part of the faithful community because it has the power, the ability to transform us. 
Now, I don't want to stand here this morning and try to get you to sign up for more things to do here at the church. (laughs) If your calendar is anything like mine, it's full. I don't want you to do more, but I want to encourage you to be more. When you find yourself in the body of Christ here in this building or outside of this building, I want to encourage you to risk and reveal more of who you are. Because it is only in relationships with other faithful that we can grow, that we can be transformed. Romans chapter 12 says, Offer yourselves as a living sacrifice so that you may be Your mind may be renewed and transformed. And then the scripture passage goes on to say in verse 10, well, how do I do that? You do that by being devoted to one another in love, to honoring one another and lifting one another up. Doug Paget is a pastor of a new church called Solomon's Porch. And he tells a story about how he and his wife and two children came to know their next-door neighbors who took in foster children. And at one point, their neighbors had two boys as foster children who were preteen boys. And as they got to know those boys, the Paget family came to discern that they should adopt those children. And so they, they began to pursue that adoption. And the day came when the boys were finally to come home to the Paget house. So Doug and his wife went out to meet the children on the driveway, and they came walking across the grass of the neighbor's house with everything that they owned in one of those blue Rubbermaid boxes. And when they got to the driveway, Doug said, We didn't say to them, Hey, we're the Pagets. We want to assimilate you as fast as we can. We're going to get you in a small group and we're going to make you be just like us. No. What Doug said was that the pageants changed and the boys changed. As they began to really know each other and love one another, the pageants did things like redecorate their basement. They bought a new car to hold the whole family. They started watching skateboarding and snowboarding on TV, (laughs) and the boys changed their last names, and they started eating food that they'd never heard of before, like kale, (laughs) but everybody changed, and everybody grew together. Everyone was renewed. Everyone was transformed. We read from Hebrews chapter 12 earlier in this worship service. Hebrews chapter 11 is sometimes referred to as the Hall of Fame of the Faithful. So that's the chapter of Scripture where name after name is dropped of the faithful people. Portraits are painted. Imagine yourself walking down a hallway of these portraits of the faithful people. Look at Abel. Look at Noah. Remember Abraham and Moses and David and Gideon and Ruth. These are all people who inspire us and encourage us to stay in the fight. And yet that list is not limited to people who are mentioned in the scripture. But that list expands as we live the faith and we experience the Christian community. 
on Saturday, I had Sports Center on again, not my choice. And an advertisement came on for the National Football Exchange. There were people sitting in NFL stadiums saying, You want my seat? You can have it. You want my seat? You can have my seat. You just go to the National Football Exchange website and it's yours. Well, I think what we do as a faithful community is participate in the National Faithful Exchange. Now, you have to be here to participate. It's not a spectator sport. But when you're here, you get to see the place that you want. And that place, that seat, is being warmed up for you. (laughs) Somebody wants you to take it. Which place do you want? It's yours. You can have it.